section forty one of italy france spain and portugal this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org the world story volume five italy france spain and portugal edited by eva march tappan section forty one charlemagne emperor of the west eight hundred by a w Grube the presence at rome of the powerful king of the franks and of many nobles of his kingdom gave additional splendor to the christmas festival and attracted an immense multitude to rome clad in a purple mantle charlemagne knelt on the steps of the high altar to offer up his prayer as he rose up and was about to depart the holy father approached him followed by a procession of ecclesiastical dignitaries with a crown of gold in his hand which he set on the head of the king of the franks and anointed him with oil as emperor of the romans and temporal lord of the whole of catholic christendom the people cheered and cried aloud three times long life and victory to charlemagne the peace-bringing emperor crowned of god the trumpets at once struck up clear music mingled with the repeated cheers of the multitude and an immense chorus joined in the coronation hymn universal rapture pervaded the city the imperial dignity had been in abeyance for three hundred and twenty-four years ever since odoser had dethroned romulus augustulus as the empire of the romans was then overthrown by a german so it was now restored by a german to the great vexation of the emperor of the east who was now called simply the greek emperor if charlemagne had been merely a conqueror he would have done but little good for soon after his death the edifice of his kingdom which was composed of so many incongruous elements tumbled to pieces but his efforts were directed towards something higher and nobler those whom he as hero had conquered with the sword he would make happy by his fatherly love he was incessantly labouring to civilise his people and to make them wiser and better the most learned men of his time lived at his court and enjoyed his esteem and friendship with their aid he established many schools to provide a better education for youth he had more regard for knowledge acquired by study which ennobles the poorest than for the hereditary advantages of rank he once found on visiting a school that the children of the higher ranks were far inferior in diligence and good manners to those of the common citizens he had the industrious placed on his right hand and the lazy on his left and then spoke thus to the poor but clever children i thank you my children you have behaved according to my wishes honour and permanent usefulness will be yours then he turned angrily to the high-born children but you sons of noblemen you well-dressed dolls who have been idle and disobedient to my commands do not rely on the rank and wealth of your parents if you do not mend none of you shall ever come into my sight again by the king of heaven i will punish you as you deserve he was devoted to christianity with his whole heart he was therefore careful to provide good priests and forbade them to do anything inconsistent with the dignity of their calling as for example hunting the monasteries were richly endowed for within their quiet walls not only was the education of youth promoted but the sick and poor were provided for and strangers were hospitably entertained for in those days inns were but little known the churches were adorned with images of the saints for charlemagne thought it good that the lives and deeds of pious men should awaken pious memories in the christian congregations to make the church service more impressive he brought singers and organists from italy for his franks had such harsh and untrained voices that their singing almost resembled the roaring of wild beasts 
the more refined romans compared this music to the rumbling of a wagon over the pavement charlemagne loved his mother tongue above everything he himself labored in conjunction with the learned men of his court at the compilation of a german grammar and had a collection made of ancient german heroic lays unfortunately nothing of the praiseworthy efforts of the great man has come down to us except the german names which he gave to the winds and months january he called winter month february horning perhaps because in that month stags cast their horns march spring month april easter month may joy month june fallow month july hay month august harvest month september autumn month october wine month november wind month december christ month he bestowed particular care on the administration of justice for this purpose he appointed respectable men distinguished by their age and experience who bore the name of graves that is graybeards for most of them being old men had gray hair these graves had different titles according to their functions those who were set over a province gal were called gal graves those who were set over a castle burg were style burgraves the false graves or counts palatine had the charge of the emperor's palaces false meaning palace the margraves guarded the marches or borders he moreover made strict inquiries as to whether his servants were faithful to their duties to this end he from time to time sent special judges into the provinces who were to render exact information about everything in the midst of the great affairs of the empire he did not forget the little ones of his household he examined with the greatest strictness his steward's account of receipts and expenditure some written directions which he had sketched out for them are still extant he prescribed exactly like an experienced farmer how butter and cheese honey and wax were to be prepared how grapes were to be pressed and beer brewed and how many eggs geese ducks and fowls were to be sold charlemagne had no fixed residence he was now here now there but was most partial to aix-la-chapelle on account of the warm baths which had been held in high estimation by the romans he also favored ingelheim near mayence and lastly nimeguen charlemagne was a true german strongly built and slender he had a high open forehead and extremely large keen eyes which seemed friendly to friends and suppliants but formidable to enemies in early youth according to the custom of the franks he exercised his bodily powers and excelled in fighting and swimming he especially delighted in the chase and when he wished to prepare a feast for his court a battue was organized every one mounted his horse and then amid the winding of horns and the barking of countless hounds they went forth with shouts of joy into the depths of the forest where each of the young nobles strove to surpass the rest in skill and courage charlemagne in their midst endured many an arduous conflict with wild boars bears and buffaloes charlemagne had a large appetite but was not luxurious in eating or drinking roast venison brought to table by a huntsman on the spit was his favorite dish drunkenness was hateful to him he often rose from his couch at night took writing tablets in style and practised the art of writing which he had neglected in his early years or he prayed or set himself at the window to survey the starry heavens with reverence and admiration for the creator his simple mode of life wonderfully increased the strength of the powerful man and he became so strong that he could lift a man in full armour like a child his dress was simple according to the german custom his clothes were the work of his wife's busy fingers he wore stockings and linen trousers crossed with coloured stripes a linen waistcoat and over it a plain coat striped with silk occasionally a square cloak of a white or green colour but a great sword with a golden hilt and belt hung ever by his side only at diets and great festivals did he appear in full majesty with a golden crown glittering with diamonds on his head 
dressed in a long flowing robe decked with golden bees up to his latest years charlemagne always enjoyed good health not until four years before his death did it begin to fail when continual attacks of fever shattered him he was deeply affected by the deaths of his two favourite sons pepin and charles who died within a year of each other he continued nevertheless to study the welfare of his empire feeling himself to be growing weaker and weaker he summoned his only remaining son louis who had for some time been king of aquitaine to a state council at aix la chapelle eight hundred and thirteen here he exhorted the nobles of his empire to show themselves loyal to his son and then asked each of them from the greatest to the least whether he approved of his making over a share in the government and the imperial title to louis with one accord they answered such is the will of god the next sunday charlemagne proceeded with his son to the church of st mary at aix which he had built he himself appeared in royal attire with a crown on his head and had another crown placed on the altar both father and son prayed in silence for a long time before the altar then the venerable old man arose and in presence of the whole people exhorted his son to fear and love god and obey his commandments in all things to provide for the church and protect it against evil-doers always to show himself kind to his kinsmen to honour the priests as fathers and to love like children the nations who were committed to his care to appoint faithful and god-fearing officers and to deprive no one of his fiefs or dignities without sufficient cause after this exhortation charlemagne asked his son whether he was resolved to live in conformity to it gladly replied louis gladly will i obey and by god's help fulfil the commands which you have given me charlemagne now enjoined him as if in token that he owed the empire to god alone to take the crown from the altar and to set it on his own head louis did as he was ordered after the ceremony was over charlemagne went back supported by his son to the imperial palace here he bestowed splendid presents upon him and sent him back to aquitaine at parting they embraced and kissed each other and shed tears of love and sorrow they felt that this was their last meeting and in fact they never saw each other again in january of the following year eight hundred and fourteen charlemagne was again attacked by a violent fever he tried to cure himself by fasting as he was wont to do but in vain his body was too much enfeebled his end was at hand on the seventh day of his illness he sent for his trusty friend bishop hildball in order to receive the sacrament from his hand after he had partaken of it his weakness increased the following morning he saw that his end was near he crossed himself folded his hands on his breast closed his eyes and prayed in a low voice saying lord into thy hands i commend my spirit thus he passed away peacefully and happily on the twenty eighth of january eight hundred and fourteen when he had reached the age of seventy-two years and had governed his great kingdom with honour for forty-seven years end of section forty-one this recording is in the public domain